Well, hey there. My name's Chris Rivers. I'm here with Brad Wallbridge, and we want to thank you for joining us today. If this is your first time with us, welcome to the Minute Grace Podcast. Our goal in this and every episode is to help motivate and encourage men to take responsibility for the people and the situations that God brings into their lives. Today, we're focusing on the question, how should men think about managing rest? Yeah, Chris, so we have the guys from Spartanburg campus joining us. We've got Daniel Black, Robert Andrews, and Sean Pedrajita. Hmm. Want to welcome you guys in. When we were talking previously on this question, how should men think about managing rest, one of the overarching themes that kind of came out of that for me that I took away is this idea that rest is both a gift from God and a necessity for our lives as followers of Jesus. So Daniel, why don't you kick us off on that? Help us start to unpack around that idea. So I think it has to start with how we are designed. And when we think about what God instituted and what we see in creation, that men are designed by God as creatures, not creator. We are creatures with limits. We have to recognize what our limits are, how far we can go, come up against that, Sometimes some of us think we're Superman and we want to push against that constantly and push the limits and how much more can I achieve? How much more can I do? And other times we struggle in different ways, but the reality with our limits is we all have one resource that is very limited that we all have to recognize, and that is time. Our time, we all have the same amount. We get the same amount per day, and it's going to go into, I think, one of four categories. It's either going to be in work It's going to be in recreation, it's going to be in rest, or we're going to escape. And that's what we want to talk about here in this podcast episode, because we as men are going to pervert that in, I think, one of two ways. We're either going to overwork and underrest, trying to push those limits like I was talking about, or we're going to be more slothful and underwork and overrest and have a temptation to be lazy. But you never struggle with any of that, right? No, 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 no. (laughs) So, like, walk us through some of the ways for you that that shows up in your daily life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so by nature, I am an overworker. I get too much identity out of what I can produce. I judge my day based on, can I see progress that was made? Can I have something marked by success? Can I have things that I checked off of a to-do list? And Okay, it helps me feel better about myself and cover up insecurities that I have. And it's been something where... Admitting weakness for myself is not a natural thing. I would much more prefer to cover those up. And there have been situations in my life where I've gotten feedback on something. And my response to that is, you know what? I appreciate you giving me that feedback. I'm going to respond in a positive way in the moment. And then I'm going to obsess about that feedback so much that the next time we have a conversation, I can prove to you it's no longer a weakness. And so instead of recognizing it's a limit, it's a weakness, I'll go to try to cover it up. So this idea of actually living out of limits is a healthy thing for me. Mm. One of the the quotes that I found that is actually very helpful is from my favorite theologian and yours, Sir Heine Arnold, which is just (laughs) Mm. an amazing name. It's a great, great name. But he says this. He says, as long as we think we can save ourselves by our own power, we will only make the evil in us stronger than ever. And so in my life, when I try to cover up my weaknesses, what I'm actually doing is I'm perpetuating this idea that evil is growing inside me, that I'm Mm -hmm. becoming more of a conduit where the enemy can work within me. So for us, and for me personally, I've seen the adversary, the devil, my sinful nature, majoring really in three key things. And that is noise in my life, distraction, hurry, me moving too fast, not creating margin in my life. 
and being in a crowd of people, of just blending in, trying to get in groups and actually not take responsibility for the people and situations that I've been put in charge of. Mm -hmm. And we hear that a lot in men's roundtable. So I think those things are really working against this idea that we are not, it's not a hand-to-hand combat. Like we are outmanned in this if we try to fight our limits because God designed us this way. And the way that you respond specifically, like you were just talking about in a moment where somebody says something to you and you'll respond in that moment, but then you'll obsess over it. Just some of those patterns Have you been able to figure out just some of the root of those patterns? I think a lot of it for me goes back to I want to be a person of significance. Mm -hmm. And when I think that I have accomplished something or proven somebody wrong, then there's things that are happening that I can look back on and they can be markers for me. So even looking back at like my short and brief high school athletic career, I was very motivated by like coaches that got in my face and challenged me. Because I'm like, I'm going to prove you wrong. I am not scared, and I will prove to you that I'm not scared. And I had teammates that would cripple under that. My brother was one of those who he did not like intense, in-your-face correction. But for me, it was just, I was like, I I actually am motivated by that. So I think part of it is how I'm wired up, and I think part of it is also how my sinful nature surfaces. Yeah, so rest is, I mean, that's a tough thing sometimes for you to wrap your head around. I do not like it. Yeah. As you said, it is our design. So what is recognizing that you are the creature, God is the creator, he has said Sabbath, he has said the rest is what he wants from us. What does that look like for you? Mm -hmm. So when we think about this idea of rest, this was actually something that a mentor of mine pointed out that, hey, I've actually got to institute some things because burnout is the result if you just keep going. Eventually you will crash, eventually you will have no energy. Eventually you won't have anything to provide for others, let alone yourself. And so So uh, this idea of how God created for six days and rested for one, and then is asking us to live out of that image, we see from the very beginning. And so this idea of Sabbath was something that this past summer was kind of handed down to me, forced down on me that I've got to think about this in some ways or else I'm not going to do my job, love my family, or serve and be able to seize opportunities as they come that are unplanned. And so I started experimenting with what this would look like. And it has turned into one of my favorite Hmm. times every week where I turn my phone off for 24 hours. Not only turn my phone off, but then I hand it to my wife And so people around me know if you're going to get to me in that 24 hours, you've got to go through Jack Black, which she's a force to be reckoned with. And so if you want to fight that battle, go ahead. And it helps me. It reminds me I'm not as important as I think I am. And there are other people that can take care of situations that are going on in their life. So being able to shut off, decompress, and let go of some of that is helpful. So I typically do that on Friday afternoon to Saturday afternoon. And then our family is oriented around that time, that 24 hours-ish that we try to institute every week. I wish I could say that it's done perfectly, but definitely not. But I notice a difference. And I notice a difference in the way I'm able to engage my wife and engage my daughter, who's two. I can tell that when I know that somebody is not going to call, they can't call. A text isn't coming in. No email is happening. Shutting down media. I'm not watching Netflix for that time. And my time in God's Word is just so much richer And then the spillover effect of that is I actually enjoy worship on Sunday morning way more than I ever did because I have actually been thinking about God and not just numbing out or distracting myself, which was so easy for me to do in the past, or just keep working 
and just to keep going, keep going, keep going. Wow. And I found that I was way quicker without Sabbath to get bitter, to lash out in frustration, to have these angry outbursts because my soul wasn't being fed or taken care of. And so by stepping away, I found that resting in, in the Lord has actually now propelled me to go and be more fruitful at work. So I'm, awesome. I'm a big fan. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that picture of you handing your phone to Jack and how, like when we think about Azir, how she is coming alongside you in that and bringing strength to that where she's actually, like she's helping to provide some protection mm -hmm. for you in that. But I wonder what is the difference between you just tucking your phone in a drawer and you actually handing your phone to her. That It seems like that is a specific, significant step mm -hmm. rather than just toss it in the drawer or you know, leave it in the backpack. What's, tell us more about that. Well, at first it started with me just putting it on Do Not Disturb and putting it on my shelf. Yeah. But I learned <laughs> I could do that good for two hours. Yeah, sure. But I would, I would drift to my phone that was, I'll just look and just see how many calls would come in or how many texts, because I, I, in so many ways I was addicted to it. Yeah. And it also then started to communicate to my wife, hey, I am, I'm here with you. Mm -hmm. Like I'm gonna be present. You matter more than these other things. And so now she knows kind of, we have this thing where it's like Sabbath is on now. Mm -hmm. And uh, we light a candle. We talk about how we're gonna use Sabbath before it gets there. And then we have like a communal piece where we actually invite other people into it. So we've actually had neighbors over to come on Sabbath time, quote unquote, and we've invited them to turn their phone off when they come in. Oh. And they're like, why do you do that? And I'm like, actually, I need to do that. And we kind of have a discussion like this of just how my soul at rest is actually the best version of myself because I'm living mm -hmm. out how God designed me to be. So yeah, good. that's powerful. Yeah. I mean, to communicate to other people that way. And great part of conversation, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, and I hope that my kids would see that and know, okay, our dad has this job where he is working at a church, but there is time where he is shutting it down and he is present with us, even if the other six days are pretty chaotic. Yeah. Right. You know, and I feel like there's so much, even for myself, there's so much around the idea of Sabbath and myths that have kind of created over the years that people have a false view of what Sabbath is. So when we think about Sabbath, like what are some of the myths that we need to dispel for us as believers? Well, I think this kind of just goes back to what we see in the Gospels of like, we see Jesus actually challenging the religious leaders of the day because they've added rules to the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. And so they've said, hey, you actually need to do these additional things in order to have a day of rest. And Jesus is like, no, nah, that's my disciples, we're going to pick the grain and we're going to challenge that idea. Mm. And one of the ways my imagination has been captured is through Richard Foster's celebration of discipline, mm -hmm. where he talks about that he thinks, this is just his version of it, that if Jesus was to come today, he would actually try to encourage more people to actually add in elements of Sabbath because of how infrequent it is, at least in our American society. It's yeah. just continuing to go. And so I think for us, it's not just having it be it's always 24 hours at the same time. I mean, sometimes I'm cutting my phone off at two. Sometimes it's at five on Friday. Yeah. And that's okay. And starting out, I think it's okay to try it for six hours. Like I think that there are steps that we can take to not just have it be, this is the rule and I'm going to isolate and be by myself and not talk to anybody. And I'm going to have an eight hour quiet time. Yeah. Like that's unrealistic, especially if you have small children yeah. or if you have people that are coming in or 
there's chores to do. And so, I mean, there have been times where it's actually been very restful for me to go and do a little bit of yard work outside. That it actually is a restful thing because my phone's not buzzing. I'm not listening to music. I'm actually outside praying while I put pine straw out. Mm-hmm. And that that actually can be a part of my Sabbath. And so I think it's just learning what actually is an energy refuel for you so that you're now launched into your responsibilities with new energy to be able to handle what God's put in front of you. Yeah. I heard a guy one tell me a long time ago, he said, if you work with your mind, rest with your hands. If you work with your hands, rest with your mind. Mm. And I thought that was such practical wisdom for me when I was young in my twenties, because I didn't know how to rest. And so just doing the opposite of what I've been doing all week made sense to me. So very difficult to do. It almost sounds like in some of the things you're saying, Daniel, there's a deprogramming for us that we have to do where it's not, we're immediately just doing this and not that, that we actually have to deprogram ourselves out of things that are propping up our lives. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. It's humility. It's humility. Uh, He's humbling himself. That's what we do when we rest. We say, man, we're not important anymore. Mm -hmm. That's right. We don't have to generate anything right now. That's right. Yeah. You know, one of the other things that we were talking about when we first had our conversation was how we have limits. So how would you guys say we would, we should be stewarding our limits as men? Robert, why don't you, why don't you speak to that? First off, I think I know that God has a sense of humor that I'm even here on this podcast and even talking about this because I will just be the first to say I do not have all this figured out. And so I am in the process of figuring it out. And so like Micah mentioned on an earlier podcast that he is naturally a floater, I, I would be a floater as well. And so I really have to be intentional because it is easy for me to work. It is easy for me to rest. It is easy for me to escape. But recreation specifically, because of the limits that I have in my day, just particularly from a time standpoint, I don't have much time. And just to give you a little bit of backstory is I married with, we have four kids in our house right now under the age of six. I have a six-year-old and a four-year-old. And then we're also fostering a two-year-old, well, now three-year-old and a one-year-old. And so my mornings are spent helping my wife get the kids out the door to daycare and school. And then I'm going to work and then I come home. And then usually that is helping my wife get dinner on the table or either watching the kids while she's getting dinner ready, getting bedtime, the whole routine. And then by the time the end of the day, the kids are in bed, it's about eight o'clock. Yeah. And so I really only have a couple of hours before I need to go to bed. And so in that moment, am I being intentional? I have a decision. Am I being intentional about, am I going to recreate? Am I going to do something productive in the sense that I'm not escaping and really corrupting that energy that I do have left with the limited amount of time? Or am I going to just go with the flow and float, which is always naturally going to leave me because my flesh is going to lead me to to escape. So I'm figuring that out. I know MRT, a man in his work was great for me because Matt Williams talked about low energy impact and high energy impact. And so low energy being stepping away from work and stepping down. And so I've figured out ways where when I'm strategic and I'm intentional, just certain things that I can do to recreate well. And so whether that's sketching for me, it's writing, it's reading, reading a book, or just anything else where I'm I'm stepping away, stepping down, and really just helps me restore my energy. And in a way that escaping into my phone, which is something natural for me, or watching a basketball game right now late at night that goes for a couple hours and then 10 o'clock and is ready for bed and I yeah. have not rested or recreated well at all. And so I feel it the next morning. I wake up, if I've escaped, as soon as the kids go to bed, I escape for two hours, then I'm not restored yeah. um, in the morning. And right. so that decision really helps prepare me for the next day. When we talked about this last time, one of the things that came up was why even do this? 
What are the motivations that we have? So speak to that a minute. Yeah, yeah, sure. For me personally, it is a way I find whenever I am intentional and I am recreating and or I am resting well, it builds momentum and it does help me rest well. And whenever I'm not, when I'm escaping, let's say I come home and the end of the day I choose to escape and I don't do anything. I don't rest well. I'm not recreating. The next day I'm still on empty. And so Mm -hmm. I wake up and it just builds on each other. And so for me personally, when I can recreate, it helps me recreate well in the future. But ultimately, I think God has given us recreation as men who are driven to work really just to help us restore our soul, just to divert our energy in a different direction. And really just for me personally, I'm controlling in a lot of ways. And with work, I can control it. Even escape in some sense, in my experience, is a way that I can control something. So if I know I have to do something and I don't do it, I'm controlling by escaping because I'm like, I do not want to do this. So I'm controlling the moment and I'm just going to escape. So for me, it's, am I trusting God? Am I trusting God in my life where if I believe that recreation is important and it's valuable and it's something he's given us, do I trust that I can just seize from work, seize from being productive and just enjoy and be and help God? And by recreating, he's given us a world to explore, to use our hands with, to build. And so just, am I trusting God or am I trying to control my own life? And so it just gives me a break. And I'll tell you what else recreating does is I find in that environment is where I get my best creative ideas. Mm-hmm. It's like once I get out of my normal rhythm, instead of just resting, I'm exerting this energy. And oftentimes it's like, man, oh, that would actually be so helpful. Like, where did that thought come from? Like, God, how did you initiate that through doing this weird activity or leatherworking or going on a run? And so that's something that actually has spearheaded some of my best thinking. Yeah, yeah. so true. So, Sean, you're a student staff member at Spartanburg. Talk mm-hmm. to us about this in your perspective, in your age. How have you learned how to manage rest? Yeah, so obviously as the youngest guy in the room, I naturally have all this figured out. Sure. So this is great. Um, <laughs> Thanks for pointing the, out that you're the youngest guy in the room. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. You know, speaking the truth in love, right? Mm-hmm. No, I'm actually probably... As I'm sitting here listening to Daniel and Robert, I realize just how much work I have to do in this area. So one of the things that was really helpful for me in thinking about just what we're talking about today is uh, session three of a man and his work, specifically Jim Taylor's talk on exigence and indolence. That really just helped me put some vocabulary to how I tend to work and view work. So my tendency is to just grind everything out with no breaks, which obviously in our culture is like, oh man, that's incredible. Like yeah. you're young gun with a lot of energy and a lot of drive. That's great. But there's a shadow side to that of, I just don't rest. Like I'm not taking breaks and I'll even be honest, like I'll forget to drink water throughout the day because I'm just grinding stuff out, mm-hmm. which is not healthy. So it's really hard for me to remember that even just the more that I work without taking that mental break or even that physical break, just getting a little bit of rest throughout the day or even just in my life that my work is suffering more. And like Daniel said earlier, I'm just more frustrated. I am more irritable just with the people that I'm caring for and with my wife and family. So one of the things that I've kind of been wrestling with is how to get on a consistent rest plan because my personality is I do like to have a plan just even moving forward in different things. So for me, just realizing how terrible I am, I need to implement some things. But some of the things I'm doing right now, like Robert said, one of the things that I'll do when I get home is my wife and I will, in the bed, we will just read a book. She'll have a book that she reads and then I'll read. Typically, it's either a fiction book or a biography. So it's something that's not really engaging my mind Mm -hmm. because a lot of the work that I do with students is a lot of thought processing and thinking and preparing teaching some of that. So if I'm reading, for example, Lord of the Rings was one of the ones I just finished a couple months ago. And then 
I could just dive into that world mm-hmm. and it just helps the creative side of my mind. And that's cool. Just kind of helps me think through some different things. And then during the day, one of the things I've I tried to implement here recently is that I won't stay in my office working just consistently. Like every hour, I try to at least take a 10 minute brain break. Okay. So that takes a couple of different forms of sometimes I'll go out to our volleyball court area at the Spartanburg campus and I'll play a game of cow or MRT <laughs> as it's affectionately known with Robert and uh, get destroyed go. every single time. Sometimes it's going into the worship center and just grabbing the guitar that's there and just playing through some stuff or singing just for 10 minutes just to kind of get that brain break and then jumping back into the day. And I find that even that 10 minutes is helpful for me because my mind is not having to stay continually engaged. It's a moment to just kind of rest and then it's refreshed to jump back in. As far as at home, one of the things that I do is I turn my phone on do not disturb from about six o'clock to 8 a.m. So that's kind of Mm -hmm. the time I get off versus the time I come back in in the morning. And it just helps me, again, like Daniel mentioned earlier, and even Robert, that it just helps me focus on my wife and just that time at home where I'm not having to be like, okay, like I've had the student issue that I'm having to think about all day and I'm carrying that home with me. Or that, oh man, what if I have an email come in or a phone call I have to respond to, which is typically not the case. So it just kind of helps me break some of that as well. That's Um, good. Yeah. Well, I think the biggest thing that I'm learning here is that in order to work well, I need to rest well. And in order to rest well, I need to make sure that work is not as so important. So how do you, Sean, not make work so important? Yeah, that's been a hard one for me to work through because ever since I started working at the age of 15, I mean, work was essentially all I did. Like I tried to get as many shifts as I could, work as many hours as I could, really just try to keep myself occupied and busy. And a lot of my identity was wrapped up in that and what I meant, what my work meant to my coworkers and other people. Within the past couple of months, I remember seeing this quote. It was actually on one of our Spartanburg members' emails as, you know, one of those taglines. And it says, pray as though everything depended on God and work as though everything depended on you. It's actually by St. Augustine. So just as I saw that, it really hit me. I was like, man, how often am I praying for my work? Even if it's something that I know generally day to day how it goes and I feel like I'm equipped for that. How often am I actually giving that up to God, remembering that he's the one who gave us work and rest and that my work though it is important, I mean, we're sharing the gospel Mm -hmm. in the lives of students that it's not my identity. Like I can't self-actualize my identity in what I'm doing. Um, Just even that Jesus didn't come to die so that I could find my identity in something that I do on a day-to-day basis. So true. It's good. I feel like this has been really good. Daniel, is there anything that we need to share before we finish and land the plane here? I think I would just say that depending on your personality, You might hear these things and either drift to, I'm going to make sure I rest for 24 hours and I'm going to recreate for five hours and I'm going to turn my phone off for this amount of time and do all these rules and follow it to a T. Or you might respond and be like, that's for the birds and I've got too much on me and there's no way I can build these things in. And I just come back to Galatians 5 that's this really helped anchor us as we've thought through this. It's Galatians 5.13. And we see that it says this, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. And I think if we're going to serve one another in love, there need to be structures put in place where we have elements of rest, recreation, fighting this idea of escape to do it, but also doing it in freedom where if we miss something or we overextend to actually give ourselves grace in order to live out what God's called us to be as men. That's good. And I think we also can't forget how important it is to involve other people in that process. Yeah. 
you know, Daniel's involving Jack, his wife, as a part of that for him. Whether you're married, you're not married, whatever stage of life you're in, there are men, knowing the circumstances of your life, they can speak in to steps that you can practically be taking. Because that's, that's where all of this has to lead. It's not about feeling whether we're one, one end or the other, but what are the practical steps that we can take yeah. after hearing all of this? Yeah, that's good. Well, man, this has been a great episode, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Glad to do it. Well, as we wrap up today's conversation, we want to thank you for joining us. If you know a man that would benefit from hearing this episode, share it with him. Having intentional conversations around these principles is a great way to start a discipleship conversation and move towards Christ. Thanks for joining us today, and we look forward to joining you on the next episode.